Hello and welcome to this El Novi podcast about state aid and transfer pricing. My name is Jean Schaffner and I'm a tax partner in the Luxembourgish El Novi team and I will be joined by my transfer pricing colleague Sophie Ballier, who is a counsel in our team. The General Court of the European Union, which is the lower court of the EU, has ruled in September 2019 on the Fiat and Starbucks cases. In, in both cases, the Commission has considered that the advanced pricing agreements that Fiat and Starbucks obtained from the Luxembourgish and Dutch tax administration were considered state aid. State aid exists when advantage is granted to a taxpayer which is selective, which does not apply to all taxpayers in the market, which is financed by budgetary resources and which distorts competition. The Commission has considered that the aids granted to Fiat and Chrysler had to be refunded, leading to an additional charge of 20 to 30 million for both groups. Both decisions were challenged by the governments of the two countries and by the taxpayers in front of the General Court. The General Court has now ruled on these cases and the outcome of both decisions is different. While the General Court confirms the position of the Commission in the Fiat case, in the Starbucks case it has considered that the Commission has failed to demonstrate the existence of a selective advantage benefiting Starbucks. So my first question to you, Sophie, is why are these cases important? Well, these cases are important because they are actually the first individual judgments that have been issued in the context of the state investigations of the Commission. So as you know, uh, it all started back in 2014 when the Commission formally launched its state investigations against well-known multinational groups such as Amazon, Fiat, McDonald's, Starbucks, Apple, and so on. And by targeting these big names, the Commission obviously wanted to make some noise and its actions have also been largely reported in the medias, addressing uh, the widespread perception that many multinational groups actually do not pay their fair amount of uh, taxes. But we mustn't forget that these state investigations are actually part of a much larger framework, which started with the BEPS action plan and the OECD's fight against corporate tax avoidance. Yeah, when referring to the BEPS action plan of the OECD and the G20, you are referring to the base erosion and profit shifting documents which were published in July 2013. The aim, in fact, pursued is to create a global international approach to reform tax systems by creating a level playing field among taxpayers. What the BEPS project wants to avoid is shifts of profits to low-tax jurisdictions. The rules therefore aim at setting new standards uh, which countries can rely on when designing their tax systems. There are 15 different initiatives, for instance, tackling hybrids or the use of controlled foreign companies in tax havens. The BEPS project evolves around three key principles. First of all, as I said, avoid transfer of profits to low-tax jurisdictions. Then ensure transparency. In the area of transfer pricing, for instance, Various documentary requirements have been proposed, such as the preparation of a country-by-country -country reporting, so as to ensure that tax administrations have enough information about taxpayers active in their jurisdiction. Then, substance is an important aspect. The purpose of the BEPS initiative is to ensure that profits are actually taxed where value is created. And indeed, as you have pointed out, Sophie, the BEPS discussions have been a kind of incentive for the European Commission to initiate its state aid investigations against certain multinational groups and certain European jurisdictions such as Luxembourg, the Netherlands, but also Ireland and Belgium. Yes, Jean, this is correct. The Commission actually completely endorsed the BEPS project and 
I think the commission wanted to be more Catholic than the Pope at the end of the day. Um, it could be that the commission wanted to give to this whole BEPS project a more concrete form and, um, and target uh, specific multinationals. But the only issue I'm actually seeing here is uh, that the commission is giving to this investigation an ethical dimension, i.e. every group should pay its fair amount of taxes. And this is probably to ensure also public support. Um, this would all be fine if at the end uh, this did not harm the technical tax and transfer pricing aspects. But at the end of the day, is this not surprising because the general court comes to two different conclusions with fiat being accused of state aid while Starbucks is considered to be evolving in an environment where there is no state aid? Well, I think here we need a little more background on both uh, cases. So let's start with the fiat case. The Luxembourg Tax Administration and fiat concluded an advanced pricing agreement, APA, confirming the arm's length remuneration for Fiat Luxembourg for its treasury and financing services, which were rendered to the group in Europe. Fiat Luxembourg actually applied a remuneration on only part of its equity, which was considered as being at risk. Now, this has been challenged by the Commission and later by the General Court, uh, because both considered that the whole book equity of the company should have been remunerated as opposed to the hypothetical regulatory capital only. Um, just to give you an order of magnitude, we are talking about 28.5 million euro equity risk when compared to 287 million euro whole book equity. So it's 10 times more, uh, which obviously would impact the remuneration in Luxembourg. The problem here is that the commission actually does not rely on any economic analysis. Its main and only argument is that the equity is fungible. So the general court here totally ignores the concept of equity at risk. And in that context, I'd actually like to refer to the IFRS accounting standards, which define an expected loss model. Now you can spend hours and hours debating if the use of the Basel II framework is um, adapted or not in the specific fiat case. But the concept of expected loss is actually much broader and is not a transfer pricing creation. It is actually used for accounting purposes and for risk management. What I also understand from your explanation, Sophie, is that the commission and the general courts seem to be of the view that holding functions and treasury functions have to be split because otherwise you would take into account the equity of the holding function to be remunerated for the group financing activity. That in itself is a bit bizarre because the BEPS action plan emphasizes substance and if you separate both functions, you in fact dilute substance. One of the consequences of the fiat case is also that the general court is of the view that the equity allocated to the holding function has to be remunerated as well in the context of the group financing activity. This again has a consequence that taxpayers may be induced to separate both functions so as to avoid to allocate too much equity to their group financing function and therefore separate the holding of shares from the group financing. But this again means that the substance which is allocated to both activities will be diluted because you separate artificially to a certain extent activities which you would normally see in the same company. And this creates further legal uncertainty. Exactly. Let's now move to the Starbucks case. Yes. So for Starbucks, Starbucks Netherlands had concluded in 2008 an APA relating to its remuneration 
for its production and distribution activities within the group in Europe. So these were considered as routine functions and were remunerated on the basis of a transactional net margin method with a low remuneration. The APA also confirmed the amount of the royalty which was paid by Starbucks Netherlands to Aoki, a UK resident partnership, for the use of the Starbucks IP relating to the roasting. Basically, the amount of this um, royalty corresponds to the BV's residual profits. So here, the Commission tried to challenge the application of the transactional net margin method and tried to use the COP method. And based on its analysis, it concluded that this royalty should have been new because such a transaction does not exist between independent parties. And uh, this led to increasing the company's taxable income by the amount of this royalty. So as you mentioned at the beginning, Jean, the General Court has actually considered that the Commission did not manage to demonstrate the existence of an economic advantage in the Starbucks case. So getting back to your question about the different outcomes of these decisions, yes, it is true, it came as a surprise. But in fact, if you look closer at the Starbucks decision, you can see that the Commission did not sufficiently demonstrate that the royalty paid to the UK entity was not a arm's length. They just mentioned it should have been new, uh, which has not been accepted by the general court. On the contrary, in the fiat case, even though the commission did not rely on any economic analysis, it somehow managed to convince the general court that there was indeed a selective advantage. Possibly the impact of the fiat judgment will be larger because many groups will have treasury activities located in Luxembourg, in the Netherlands or in Belgium, for instance, to manage excess cash in an efficient way. While the facts in the Starbucks case are really relating to the Starbucks business model. But to me, at the end of the day, it seems that the judgment is pretty harsh for Fiat and mostly because the company did not really try not to pay taxes. It basically wanted to make use of an advanced pricing agreement to secure its transfer pricing position in, uh, in Luxembourg and hopefully avoid uh, any double taxation in the future. Uh, with the other countries where the other group companies are located. What is your opinion on this, Jean? So I agree with you, Sophie. The problem with the fiat case, there are two aspects which I consider pretty unfair. Firstly, there is indeed a problem of effective taxation. The increasing of the taxable margin of fiat in Luxembourg means that profits are taxed in Luxembourg, which have not been deducted at the level of the payer making interest payments to Luxembourg. Then Luxembourg has made a lot of efforts to harmonize and modernize its transfer pricing rules over the last years. It has introduced its first transfer pricing circular in 2011, and then in 2015, it has implemented the arm's length principle in its tax code. And finally, in 2017, it has issued a new circular on group financing activities, which replaces the 2011 circular. However, the General Court and the Commission are analyzing with today's eyes the transfer pricing situation which happened about 10 years ago. So they are using today's norms but not taking into account that Luxembourg has in fact made efforts to comply with the international standards. Finally, the Commission focuses only on the remuneration of the equity at risk of the group financing function but ignores the economic approach to the group financing activity. It shows a lack of understanding of transfer pricing in general, but also on the comparability principle. Sophie, do you see any other impacts for both judgments? Well, even though to phrase it in a short way, Starbucks won and Fiat does, actually the big winner 
is the commission. In fact, in both decisions, the general court confirmed that the commission was entitled to launch and pursue its state investigation in transfer pricing matters based on Article 107 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union. The general court also confirmed that the commission could actually make use of the arm's length principle as a tool to confirm whether the advanced pricing agreement was granting an advantage to that company when compared to a normal taxation. So this basically made many say, with respect to the Starbucks case, that the Commission may have lost that battle, but in fact won the war, because based on these decisions, the Commission can in the future just go on with its stated investigations. And in my view, this creates, again, quite some legal uncertainty. And this also, at some point in time, jeopardized the relations between the European Union and the United States, because you surely remember, Jean, back in 2016, uh, when the white paper of the US Treasury was published on the Commission state investigations. This was also discussed in uh, in the Congress, and the main critics actually related to the fact that the European Union was considered as having changed its rules during the game, and has created basically a European arm's length principle, which did not exist in the past. In addition, for these American groups, it is also questionable if the double taxation, which possibly results from these state investigations, can be eliminated in the future. Uh, this is not sure based on current international tax treaties. And obviously, if many groups which were concerned by these state investigations were actually American groups, ironically, the only one which was sanctioned so far was the was a European group, Fiat. But then again, this uh, judgment is not a final one. And fortunately, Fiat has appealed the decision. And we can only hope that the European Court of Justice will be more reasonable in its, in its approach than uh, the general court. So, Sophie, we agree that we don't agree with the approach of the European Commission and we agree with the fact that Fiat has appealed against this decision. This is correct. Putting this aside, do you agree with the fact that the General Court basically confirms the Commission's power to conduct audits in, in transfer pricing? Well, again, Jean, you'll be surprised, but I don't really agree with this approach either. Firstly, it seems that the Commission and the General Court have a very dual view on the arm's length principle. It is either at arm's length or not at arm's length, it's all black or all white. There is no in-between. But unfortunately, it's not that simple. And even if you have a look at the OECD TP guidelines, they mention that transfer prices are not an exact science. So in fact, you have the state aid framework, which has, I'd say, pretty objective criteria on the one hand. And on the other hand, you have the arm's length principle, which can be easily understood. I mean, between group companies, you act as if you were between independent companies. But actually, it's also subject to interpretation. And the way to get to an arm's length price in line with market conditions is not always that straightforward. And therefore, you have almost 500 pages of OECD TP guidelines. So even if you look at the OECD's latest statistics on the mutual agreement procedures, you can notice that the double taxation cases in relation to uh, transfer pricing have actually increased by 20% in 2018 when compared to 2017. So it's not that simple. Actually, at the end, it looks to me as if the Commission tried to harmonize the transfer pricing aspects within the European Union against the member states' will. What are your views on this, Jean? Well, indeed, I agree with you. Transfer pricing is not an exact science. Normally, when you do a transfer pricing analysis, you come up with a range of figures, but not with just one acceptable figure. In addition, the Commission uses the state aid tool 
as a disguised way to create tax harmonization. For tax harmonization, the EU treaty provides for unanimity among member states, and that unanimity is of course difficult to reach. By its quest against state aid, the Commission tries to circumvent that rule, which in my view is not acceptable. It therefore exceeds, in fact, its powers. Of course, we welcome the fact that Fiat appeals against the decision of the General Court in front of the European Court of Justice, and we hope a more favorable outcome at that level. Thanks a lot for having listened in today. We will, of course, keep you posted about developments in the area of transfer pricing via our regular newsletters and look also forward to discussing these aspects with you during our next meetings. Thank you.